Before we start today's episode, I want to mention our sponsor, Swoosh English, the best way to pass your OET or IELTS exams. For 10% off any course, go to swooshenglish.com forward slash our voices discount or click the link in the episode description. I'm Alex Melia, and this is Our Voices in the NHS, a stage for real people to tell the real stories we never get to hear. In this series, we hear personal stories from NHS medical professionals. If you found meaning in these episodes, please share them with a friend so they can enjoy them as well. Let's delve into today's episode. I just always thought, God, you know, what an honour to be part of someone's journey, which is such a life-changing journey. This is Emily, a midwife from the southwest of England. Emily is looking forward to a post-lockdown world so she can better connect with her patients. We have 20-minute appointments and we have to now put PPE on, take PPE off, clean the rooms, and we haven't been given additional time to do that. So it means that our the amount of time that we're actually able to communicate with people has been reduced. And I feel like more than ever, people need that communication. So I'm looking forward to when we can just get back to caring. Emily comes from a large, tight-knit family with three brothers. And I'm really blessed that two of them live really close to me. Like one's in the same close. So I'm number 25 and, and he lives number one. <laughs> um, and then my older brother, he, he lives about a five minute walk away and he's got three children. So I feel really lucky to be able to see them often. Emily's family inspire her every day, especially her grandmother. She's one of the most amazing people I know, really. It, just talking about her could make me feel emotional because she's dedicated her whole life to other people. When she was younger than me, she opened an orphanage and she, she did that for a while. Then some years later, when her husband's, so my granddad's parents needed to go into a home, they couldn't care for themselves anymore. She, she said that she felt the urge to, to open somewhere because she, she wanted to know that they were going somewhere safe and where they'd be looked after and loved. She didn't really have a penny to her name, so she got a loan out and opened a residential home. She just cares for others, and that's what she's dedicated her whole life to. I just find her a really inspiring woman. Talking to her, you can just learn so much, and she has so much to tell you, but she also is so interested in others. Having a curiosity and an interest in others is a trait that Emily has tried to adopt in her own life. I think that it's something that I strive to do when I meet new people, colleagues, women, their partners, because I think that everybody's got a lesson that they can teach you and everyone, I think I remember reading a quote once that said something like, everyone's got a story that could bring you to your knees, you know? And I think that when you first meet someone, we just see what we're witnessing right there, but you don't know what that person has is going through right now. You don't know what their story is. So taking the time to to sit and be and listen, I think is something that she has definitely taught me. The quote Emily references is from Brene Brown. Everyone has a story or a struggle that will break your heart. And if we're really paying attention, most people have a story that will bring us to our knees, an idea that is close to this podcast's heart. 
I think that if you are always feeling in deficit and always looking at what you don't have, you're you're always never going to have enough. Whereas if you focus and concentrate on what you do have, you you feel like you've, you're just totally blessed. One of the things I always say to myself as I'm going into work, because you, you do long hours and you do night shifts, you do on calls, things that are hard for, for a lot of people, including myself. And one of the things I always try and say when I'm going in is like, to be as kind as I possibly can and to be grateful that I have, you know, this job. Because I think if you kind of focus too much on the fact that it's, you know, it's a long shift, it could be quite a hard shift. It could be quite a struggle to stay awake all night long and be on your A game. But if you kind of focus on, you know, I'm blessed to have work. I know that that's been a struggle for a lot of people. There are so many benefits within the NHS. Things like, you know, if you are sick, you have got that support that you will get paid. You know, they, these things are really comforting. A part of Emily's job is home visits. There was one particular visit which stays in her mind, a woman seeking asylum. So I met a woman that had been trafficked, sadly, and she had a toddler. Really, really heartbreaking. This was a result of a rape. And then she'd had another baby. And so she was living in, in a room smaller than my bedroom. And I know that doesn't really give much scope, but it's a very small room with a toddler and a baby by herself with no support. I, I spoke to her when I was in the house and I just said, you know, what What do you think will happen? Is there any movement happening with regards to you getting housing? And, and she just said, well, there's a lady that's been here for for years who's in a similar situation, you know, because they don't have the identification, they kind of almost, they almost don't exist. Since this woman was trafficked into the UK, she unfortunately didn't have a passport or national insurance number. Without these official identifiers, the process of setting her up with accommodation is complex and arduous. She must have felt hopeless. She did look sad, defeated. I think that she didn't really have a choice to stop and contemplate because she had a two-year-old and a baby. So the amount of input that they needed is almost just all consuming, isn't it, really? At the time, Emily's nephews were at a very similar age. We were in the middle of sort of lockdown where we were allowed to see family or meet up in a certain way. We would go to the park or we would go to my parents' house and see them running around the garden. It was just sometimes it would make me think of her children and her situation and just these things stay with you. They live with you. Emily spoke to her grandmother about meeting this woman and how she was amazed by her ability to carry on and just do her best, even when she had so little. And she just said, well, that's that. I, I've decided that I'm going to go and talk. So my grandma's quite religious and she said, I'm going to go and talk to the priest about, they have like a house that they were going to look into renting. And she was like, I think we need to open it up to asylum seekers. So that was the silver lining of that situation was that it inspired my grandma to have that conversation to say, I don't think we should be renting it. I think we should be donate, you know, offering it to people that really need it right now. And there are so many people that do. Her grandmother's determination and mission to help others is truly admirable. I can see that we get affected by 
situations in a similar way. But the difference between us is that she seems to be really proactive in like taking that next step. Sometimes I can feel affected, but I can then carry on. But she will use that to put into momentum something really positive. I asked Emily how meeting this woman has changed her outlook on her own life. I feel really blessed to have a home and to have a garden. And when you see some of the conditions that people are living in during lockdown, it just was really heartbreaking to see that. I think it just makes me very aware that, you know, I've been very lucky and there are people that haven't been very lucky. The woman Emily met is still living in that one room with her children. She's receiving support from local charities and volunteering groups that are currently getting back to operating as normal with lockdown easing. Emily has since been volunteering her time with these charities to help asylum seekers in her community. Listening to Emily's story, it's clear that she's someone who truly cares and wants to make a difference. Not only is her career dedicated to helping others, she's also taken inspiration from her grandmother in her decision to spend her free time volunteering with asylum seekers. Such a desire to want to help other people must come from a deep sense of empathy. Emily says that everyone has a story that will break your heart. It's clear that for her, she experiences every story she hears as a story of her own. When you are such an empathetic person, the one thing that can help you deal with other people's suffering must be the knowledge that you're doing something to reduce that suffering and to make the world a better place. If you want to keep in touch with the show and be the first to find out what's coming up next, go to our website, www.ourvoicespodcast.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. The links are in the show notes. And if you haven't already, give us a quick follow in your favorite podcast app. See you for another incredible story next week. I want to acknowledge our sponsor, Swoosh English, for making these podcasts possible. It's the best place to get training and support to pass your OET, IELTS, and PT exams. If you want to hear from doctors or nurses who've passed their exam with the help of Swoosh English, go and listen to episodes from Rima, Midun, Cynthia, Tara, and Hussein. For 10% off any course, visit swooshenglish.com forward slash our voices.